Hey guys, it's your boy Devin Ashby, SKA Play by Play, asking you to like and subscribe, but also to spread the word about my new book, PG vs. Mocha, a memoir of high school football in the shadow of the nation's capital. The state of Maryland has produced some of the top names in college football and the NFL, from private school sensations like Trayvon Diggs and Chase Young, to the public schools that are responsible for Joe Hayden, Navarro Bowman, Sean Merriman, Trayvon Diggs, and Jake Funt, to name a few. This book is a collection of interviews and personal accounts from journalists, coaches, fans, and former and current players from public schools in two of Maryland's most prominent counties, Prince George's and Montgomery, that aims to tell our story and raise awareness on what's brewing in the area we affectionately call the DMV. I would appreciate it if you all could support by purchasing a copy on Amazon and spreading the word to friends and family. Thank you all for your love and support, and be sure to like and subscribe. Play analysis, Devin Nashby on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh. On Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusive, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. And what is good, everybody? It's another episode of the Play-by-Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby's Gay Play-by-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't worry about it. Recurring guest in the building, Lone Star State Living Great representative, D1 Ignit University host, Justine Herberto is somewhat of his biggest fan, even though he ain't been that good lately. Jamal, what's going on? It is not his fault. Our offensive coordinator needs to be fired exponentially. But what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Jay Brown coming to you. Sit me live for another undisclosed location because I have multiple one of those. Um, it is a hard week to, to be a Jamal sports fan because my teams just refuse to do right. They don't even try to do right at this point. And if I didn't put so much effort into being one of their fans, I would have left by now. Yeah, you know, being a Washington football team fan, I can feel your frustration. Not this week, of course, but we're going to get to that in a few. But, you know, a lot of people, teams been letting them down lately, you know. But one thing that we can all count on to make us all feel good is some music. Some other people cocaine, but that's a whole different story. You know, cocaine and music collided this week with Silk Sonic. You know, the long-awaited album... They announced this jump back up in the summer, maybe even the spring of 2021. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, two people who I personally love and was felt like they could do a project like this and to actually see it happen was like, wow, this is something I said I would love to see and we're getting it. It took them forever. They released like one third of the project in singles, but they finally put out the nine song project Silk Sonic. I just got to ask you, Jamal, first of all, being the Bruno Mars fan that you are, what did you think of the album? The album was exponentially, unequivocally, ununanimously fire. No skips, no adjustments, no inside, no. Everything 
was fire. The worst part about the entire album was the fact that it was only nine tracks long. Yeah, but I think that worked in their favor because too many of these albums now are like 15, 16, 17, 20 tracks long. And it 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 tends to dilute them a little bit. This one was nine songs that left you wanting more. And in that case was just perfectly right because I actually feel like it was teetering a little bit into like if it would have been longer, I felt like it probably wouldn't have been as good territory. But really good, worth the wait. You know, Bruno always delivers. Anderson always delivers. I'm going to tell you, man, Bruno has yet to miss. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it before on this show. We've talked about it on your show. You obviously have very strong feelings about Bruno. You said 24 Karat Magic was one of the best albums of the decade. I, too, agree. Absolutely deserve to win a Grammy over 444. I don't give a damn what anybody says. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, shout out to Bruno, because he, he does it right. He does this thing right. Every few years, he comes out. He doesn't do projects and mixtapes every year. He puts an album out or puts whatever he puts out, and then he'll go, like, two or three years, and you just do not hear from him. And then he just comes out the blue with a single or whatever. I wouldn't say Br- Bruno does it right, but Bruno takes it to the extreme. Because 24 Karat... We, I believe, twenty four carat was twenty seventeen. I think seventeen. That's four years. <laughs> I understand, you know, for quality work, the streaming era has made us all very impatient because they expect an album every year or every year and a half, or at least every two. I years. get, I get that. You know, you should. I think artists should drop an actual album every two, two and a half to three years. But in between there, you know, it's okay to give us a single, a feature. If you're a rapper, you, you're pretty much kind of required to give us like a short EP or some or so. But as a singer, Bruno was pushing it. Like, dog, you ain't gave us no singles. You weren't even on a feature for damn near four years. Well, no, he he had features. Remember, there was the one he made with Cardi B. Look, but that was like a that was like a few months after 24 karat yeah that's true yeah but i mean you know yeah so there was that and he appeared on like ed sheeran's album and then yeah but yeah no bruno really kind of just does what he wants to do like i will come out with music when i damn well feel like it like that's 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 bruno yeah and we didn't hear for bruno for we didn't hear for bruno for so long like, I don't remember if I said it on your show previously or if it was just in the chat. I legit said, Bruno is done. He'll, he'll, he has no, no need intention. or reason to ever drop another album again. I was like, well, 24 Karen is his, you know, it's his thriller. Like, it's, it's, his it's hard to talk. Yeah, by the way, Thriller is not Michael Jackson's best album. I, I said it, we and know. I'll say it again. Yeah, I'll say it too. But, but yeah, he he found the sound of the decade. It was a major hit. There's hit after hit on Twenty Four Carat. It's one of the best albums of the decade. Again, he doesn't have to do anything. Like if Jordan did his three peat and left, he still probably would have been considered the greatest player of all time. And he came back and did another three peat to like cement it even further. So mm-hmm. I believe that's what Bruno did. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, 
Yeah, and then to talk about Anderson Pack, when I when I talk about consistency, he's another one who just consistently puts out quality stuff. He is another one who he doesn't do it every year. You're not gonna hear from him, but he comes out more frequently than Bruno. At least, like he'll he'll hop on a single or he'll hop on a feature because he did last summer. He brought a song out last summer. You know, he did the soundtrack for. Um, straight out of Compton, I think. Like, you know, so he's done different things. You know, I have my grad cap off of Oxnard. That's like one of my favorite albums of his. You know, like Anderson Pat is just another one, just like Bruno, who just does it well. He knows what his lane is. He stays in it and just continues putting things out. And I think those two were the perfect blend, obviously. And Obviously, with Anderson, I think he's got, like, another album or two in him. I think Bruno's done, though. <laughs> now, I yeah, think Bruno's done. See, the thing is, Bruno has earned his stripes over the last decade, whether you noticed it or not. Like, Bruno, we can't forget, like, beautiful girls. Right. I love them. Like, that, that was, I was in high school when that came out. And, like, Grenade. I think Grenade was before that, and I might have been like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So Bruno's been Just doing the way things you are. for. Yeah, he's been doing things for at least ten, twelve years. Pack was on the X on the Double XL freshman cover in twenty fourteen, somewhere between mm-hmm. like fourteen and sixteen. So he hasn't been putting in work as long as Bruno. So yeah, he definitely has probably two or three more albums in him. And to be perfectly honest, Pac was one of those guys that had to grow on me. Because when I saw him on the XXL uh, freshman cover, I'm like, he's not a rapper. Why is he there? I'm just wondering, what lane do we even put him in? Because sometimes he raps, sometimes he does like his singing thing, sometimes he does a blend of... Like, where do we even put yeah. him? I don't know, because he does kind of like that. Beyonce sing rapping type thing mm-hmm. where like he obviously has vocal range maybe nowhere like Bruno but he can definitely sing you can't say he can't sing right and he's got he's not a rapper but he has decent bars so it's like he's like real smooth, I don't know he's 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 a he's a he's a musician I guess is he's yeah, one of those guys he's a musician he, he's a music making person like he he you can't really put him in a box and i think that's the cool part but yeah bruno to the point i've said it before that he don't have a bad song in his catalog and i don't understand why some people i mean i kind of understand it but i don't like yeah he's not black but he ain't white either like he's a dude he's been on this he's he's been doing the soulful thing like a lot of people think it's a gimmick it's like no there are videos I saw on Twitter this week of him, like, since he's been a young boy out here. Like, he's been a singer. He's always been influenced. And, he, and more than anything, more than a lot of these other singers, he gives black people credit. Like, he always alludes back to, like, that New Jack Swing stuff. Like, he always gives credit to the culture for that. He's not a culture vulture, as we like to call him. He's a dude that knows where his yeah, I, are. I, I, I don't get... Where, I don't get the Bruno hate that notion, where, where that notion comes from. Like you, we, we both know a certain person in a group chat who shall remain nameless, who just does not like Bruno for the simple fact that he's not black. Like you don't have to be black to be that soulful. 
it absolutely helps, but bro, you can't deny talent just because someone's not black. Right. Same with Adele. Like, same thing with her. You know, he's obviously not Adele, but he he got some. He got a little hint of whatever to him too, though. And yeah, like you said, like, I mean, even before Twenty Four Karat Magic, like that was probably his best work. But Unorthodox Jukebox. I mean, that jukebox, album is a classic it, as well. <laughs> you know, like. It, if I tell you, if I'm, if I say talking to the moon and you don't get that reference, we have a problem. This man hopped because on a track with Lil Wayne, uh, Mirror, and it was a it banger. It was on Mirror. <laughs> like, it was a a banger. He was on, um, it was something else. Wasn't he on one with, no, 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 that was somebody else. But yeah, no, this dude was on the song with Lil Wayne. I mean, he's been on a song with Gucci and Kodak. Remember Fly that came out a couple of years ago? Like, he was on, Bruno is so versatile. That's their, and that's their record label. That's both of them are on Atlantic, Atlantic Records. Yeah. Atlantic and got a lot of talent I, on there. You know what I discovered probably a year ago from Bruno that's disguised? Him and Peck have this in common. They're so smooth you don't realize Bruno is filthy. Yeah, he's just so Dad, disgusting. That man is a... He, he is dirty. He's damn near a sex addict. Like, you, so, you so damn smooth, I didn't notice. What got me was Versace on the floor. No, for That's me, it, what, was, it was before that. If you remember Locked Out of Heaven... This man was using yeah. biblical references to describe his sexual experience. And I'm just like, man, the song was problematic if you're Christian, but it's like, bruh, he's so, the way he describes and the metaphors he was using, and I'm just like, yeah, no, this man is a sex addict. It, it, makes, you, it makes you forget exactly what he said. And first of all, I don't know why did he catch it earlier. Because like Sunday literally dropped her dress at the end of it in the video, and it was and it was meant to be sexy, but it did not come off immediately as sexy because it was literally just a piece of clothing hitting the ground, and, and you saw like closed. her calf. Right. I was angry was like, because Zendaya is my wife, and she's out here stepping out on me. So that pissed we, me off when I saw that. And, and we've already established that we will. I will see you in the Squid Games for Zendaya's heart. Like we, we can, yeah, we can scrap this it'll, out. It'll be like the Romeo and Juliet when the families were fighting. It'll, it'll, to the death. <laughs> but we, we talking about their previous projects. This particular project. If I had to pick a favorite song, "Smoking Out the Window" was was just perfect. This bitch. <laughs> it's like. Uh, that is just it, it in my head. You think this the same? This the same dude that was catching grenades and talking to the moon? Oh, I mean, I get where he's coming rest. from because a lot has changed in the ten years. Obviously, you know they they. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's rough out here. So I can I get it now. These can't be the same what? women. We was catching Bruno Mars was catching grenades for it can't be. No, and you know what? We've <laughs> all been there. We ain't been to that point. We ain't paid no rent or bought trips. But you know what? You've all spent. We've all spent enough time with a girl. You know, you bought a few a few combo meals. You, you done you done took her to the club and you done paid at least 
you paid that little ten dollar cover charge. You paid at least forty fifty dollars for drinks. You're like, I spent a collective four hundred dollars on you, and damn it, that that's like sixty percent my net worth. So that's a lot. I can't relate, <laughs> but I do know people that's happened to. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's it's rough out here. It's rough. Remember that whole thread when Steph Curry? I mean, not Steph Curry. When uh, Dell and Sonya Curry broke up, and that dude was like, "You don't want to be out here. You don't want to be out here." No, you don't want to be out here. This ain't you. Get back in that home. Tell her you're sorry. (laughs) It's like, you don't want to be out here. These streets not safe. They got BBLs. They go to Tulum. (laughs) You don't want to be out here. It's it's like that now, but, you know. Can't find Tulum on the map. Can't find it on the map. Can't. You know. But that's what it is. I mean, smoking out the window is up there. Um, what was it about last night? I think it was one of them. You know, I thought Boosie Collins would be on there a little bit more than he was, but they they yeah. in, they incorporated him really well. I think they did. I think is it stay fly or so fly or just fly? Fly. I think it's fly like me or something like that. Yeah. Fly like me. That's what got me because that if you ask me, that is what just put in place equal parts Bruno and equal parts Pac and it was like this is us if Silk Sonic had a sound that was not a commercial single hit like if Leave the Door Open was not their first release single this could have been it right like um Skate skate is cool Skate is smooth but Skate is nowhere near as good of a song as Leave the Door Open. So when they released Skate, all of us were kind of like, eh, it's okay, but it ain't. it's not what we thought it was going to be. Right. But I also think part of me feels like they miscalculated a little bit just in terms of, like, I think it was a case study because when they first released it or when they first told us they were working on an album and we were getting the impression that it was going to come out in the summer and then it took forever, and they would put tracks out, and it was like, okay. Then they put Skate Out really late, and everybody at that point was just over it. Like, bro, give us the album or leave us alone. And then initially they were like, well, we're going to put it out in January. And then then they came out and were like, well, no, never mind. We're putting it out in December or in November. And I think they kind of miscalculated. I think their PR teams got together and was like, look, bro, um... We're that that, too that January thing, that's that's a no go. Like people have already started to wane off of. We released five versions of Leave the Door Open. How long we gonna leave this thing open? So and that's the other thing. I think they put too many singles out. Like, yeah. Me personally, if I were them, I wouldn't have put out nothing. I would just keep the anticipation. Put Leave the Door Open out. I would have dropped that out a lot later, like maybe in September or October versus in July. <laughs> and would have had it that way or you know just something like it just it 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 was ve- i mean and granted they took their time with it which is good but the 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 amount of time between the announcement and when it actually came out just they had us thinking they were almost done with it versus when they put it out i think is when they first started working on it and i think in my head like that's my theory you know the end I disagree with, I kind of disagree with you on the other part, 
about you liked that it was only nine tracks. A lot of the R&B singers and the rappers make their albums too long because they don't have the talent to back it up. Like um, Confessions. Confessions, I believe, is 18 tracks long. Usher could get away with that because different era people, right. you can make albums longer when it was acceptable to make a little longer time between them. But Usher also had the range and the talent to make 18 songs sound good. Yeah, you And I definitely... Exactly, but Pac and Bruno do. Yeah. So I agree. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be 18 to 20 because, you know, that's just a different era. But I think a good... A 14, good maybe? between place for 12 to 15, I believe, is a perfect range. Um, if you you can add because if you have 12 to 15, you can throw in one or two skits and you can technically only have 12 full tracks, but you'll have a 15 track album, right? Which is the other thing, too. I, I do, th- I thought it would be longer as much hype went into it, so yeah, I thought. Yeah, generally, the ones who... That's what I mean when I say they're too long now. It's because of who is putting out these albums. Like, it's 20 tracks long, yeah. and, it's, and it's somebody like Danny Lay. <laughs> and it's like, ain't nobody trying to listen to 20 tracks of her. I barely... I mean, you know, not that I listen to her at all anyway, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the people who are putting it out. Like, um, and you gotta have... You gotta be able to differentiate your sounds for it to go beyond the nine ten track range and a lot of a lot of artists have the same sounds they don't they don't know how to differentiate or they're not talented enough to differentiate so and you get an album it makes the like, whole album sound yeah it sound like one continuous song and it's like 15 tracks and that's where like featuring ty, yeah featuring ty like dollar featuring ty dollar time or you know yeah I, it was a which I thought was a decent album, but if I I never differentiated when one song ended, and one song began because it all sounded too much the same. Right. Yeah. But speaking of, man, it. I mean, we've we've said it already, but I just gotta wonder: is this really the last we've seen of Bruno Mars? Like, I'm just wondering. This is the last. And th- this is it. We may catch Bruno in like a movie. Because he he doesn't he doesn't do as much acting or movie or TV roles as I think someone of his uh, talent should, but I think eventually he'll get like a small cameo, pull like a, a Chris Brown and this Christmas type role, and he'll probably sing one or two songs from that. But I doubt we'll ever get another album. Maybe he'll get some sounds like movie soundtracks like that was yeah. like even his movie yeah, soundtracks he- like. I have um It Will Rain is on my playlist. Like that is a banger. Like from Twilight. That's just, that song is crazy. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I just I don't see him putting together a full body of work anymore after this. I, he he obviously doesn't need to. Yeah. And it's it's always risky, you know, putting out another album after you have a generational talent. Or generational success in twenty four karat. It's kind of like after you score, it, really. Yeah, there's there's nothing that can top it. And you know, doing this, I'm not gonna say it top twenty four, but it was a different lane that he did do very well in. So this is something you can walk away from, right? And this, I mean, and this is something he's done before. Like you remember, he's had songs like this. Like he had Treasure a couple years ago. He yeah. had. um 
some some of the please, stuff yeah, from Twenty Four Carat, yeah. Please me with Cardi B, please me. which at the time she was she was probably the, the biggest the thing world. on the planet. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and it's yeah, but my other thing is you know there's a lot of competition at the top for album of the year and not, not rap album, but I'm talking album of the year. There's a lot of competition up there. I thought Lil Nas X was going to get it just based off of politics, but now he got some competition up there. Like, you know, this album could be an album of the year candidate. And you know what? Lil Nas X kind of proved, he proved my point for where I've said he's great at making hits and his marketing team is the best I've ever seen. But he has yet to put together a full, complete project. And even this album, I wasn't feeling it as a complete as a completed project. It felt like he tried to make every song a single and a hit because that's what he's good at. Right. But in album form, that doesn't work. Like it wasn't cohesive. Yeah, it didn't flow. But yeah, it's it's a lot of the the back end of 2021 has had a lot of good projects because the first half was very underwhelming to me, but this this last quarter of the year, a lot of people have been swinging for the fences and like whether it's been Wale, whether it's been Bruno and Pac, whether it's been like a couple other people put some pretty good tracks out. I mean, say what you want about CLB, but it's just shattering records week in and week out you know so and we still I mean, got it, yeah i mean it's I know, drake. But this is the drake effect it's gotta, yeah you know and we still got about a month and a half to go we got some other projects that we're gonna get to later but yeah i mean definitely album of the year candidate for sure yeah as of now album of the year front runner We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's a little segment I like to call Big Time Plays of the Day. And it's dedicated to all the biggest, wildest, craziest highlights I've seen this week. Just in the world of everywhere, really. And, you know, obviously no episode is complete without going over the weekend that was in the NFL and NCAA. And I got to start with the NCAA, obviously, because, you know, we love the kids. Um, yeah, see, we're not going to talk about them yet. We're just going <laughs> to go over to the Big Ten, man, is really starting to shape up kind of how it always does. It's going to come down to Ohio State and Michigan at the end of the year, the game. I mean, because at this point, Ohio State lost to Oregon and they've kind of righted the ship, even though I still don't fully trust in them yet. But they've started to get better. Like, I really thought they were on upset alert against Purdue. Because Purdue, for some reason, just loves playing up to competition. Like, they don't, they don't beat anybody else. But when it's time to beat Ohio State or when it's time to beat Michigan or when it's time to play Iowa, they just suddenly perk up. And I don't get what it is. But Ohio State, kudos to them, handled their business this weekend. You know, they, they did for, for some reason, Purdue, I don't know what it is about that part of Indiana. They they they're giant killers. They just love the big moment. And I think it's just because they haven't been very good on a national scale for a while. 
And they just go in and say, look, if we can't win, then we going to spoil somebody's season. Right. They coach going to get the same thing that happened to Tom Herman. He was getting all them upsets at Houston and got a big job and then didn't do nothing with it. And I feel like it's going to happen again with this dude at Purdue. They're going to give him the job off the strength that, oh, he beats the big dudes. But then, then when you look at his full body of work, if he gets to a big job and doesn't win, then there pe- people are going to look at it and be like, look at his full body of work. Okay, he plays the big dudes well, but what happens every other time? You know, So I think yeah, that thing's going to happen to him. You beat Ohio State and you'll beat Penn State, but some, for some reason Northwestern is out of the question. Yeah, or Indiana. <laughs> Your in-state exactly. rival, <laughs> wax the Iowa in their house, and then go the next week and lose to whoever the hell. I don't even know. <laughs> Which you we know? all knew Iowa was gonna choke. It wasn't even a big deal when they when they got to number two. We all knew Iowa was gonna. Same choke. with Michigan State. Like I don't know what everybody. Oh my God, yeah, Mel Tucker. I mean, shout out to Mel Tucker. I love. I root for everybody black, but it's Michigan State at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, it- Exactly. We we gotta pull the the Wale card, you know. Screw, uh, sue me. I'm rooting for everybody that's black. But it's like, come on. It's Michigan you, State. Like, if you were at Ohio it's, State, it's, it's one thing. But we knew, we knew you were probably gonna beat Michigan because Harbaugh. But death taxes and gonna, Harbaugh losing to top ten teams. I mean, it's just it, it was written in stone. Yeah, it was gonna happen. And now they're gonna lose to Ohio State next week. Like, so we we already know this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even. We're not, I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Like, you know, right? You, his, even if history doesn't repeat itself, it damn sure rhymes. Right. It damn sure rhymes. Exactly. And same with Michigan. Even though I think Michigan fine. You know, I say this every year, but I do think this is the year. I think Michigan is going to get Ohio State out to paint this year. This is uh, as this is as big of an opportunity. I don't necessarily think that it will happen, but it is more possible this year than any other year. Harbaugh has not beat Ohio State since he got there a decade ago. How does he have a job? Michigan really believes there's nobody better out there. They flat out were like, we can't get no better than this. Doc, you are the University of Michigan. You can get almost anybody you want, but you choose the man who loses to your rival for almost a decade straight? Both of them. Do you not know? It, it doesn't make sense. Do it's one thing to lose how- to Ohio State because everybody loses to them. But Michigan State, and some of them years you lost to them, they didn't even have a winning record. These niggas was beating y'all They're- when they was 3-8. and eight. <laughs> this, is, this is college football. Rivalries matter almost more than bowl games and national championships because you have alumni to answer to. Yep. As great as great as Nick Saban is, let Nick Saban lose three in a row to Auburn and see what happens. They were talking about his thing was on the line after two consecutive national championship losses. I'm like, bro, are y'all dead ass? <laughs> and so Michigan like- is sitting here settling for mediocrity because it ain't nothing better out here. Like, Nick Saban about to lose his job over losing in the championship game twice. And y'all settling for Jim Harbaugh for what? For, for what? For what? Like, y'all could have y'all could have ran and got Jimbo Fisher out, out of when he left Florida State. They could have made a push for Urban Meyer. That, Michigan has all the... Well, no, Urban Meyer, there ain't no way you're going to go from Ohio State to Michigan. That was never happening. 
I mean, but after you sit out for three years, yeah. it's still there's just some rivalries you just it'd be like <laughs> it'd be like Nick Saban leaving Alabama and deciding to go to Auburn. Like it just it's not no the, the coach. The coaching game is dirty, and there is no loyalty. If there was, why coaches can take an immediate job, but players got to sit out? Ain't no loyalty in this. I mean, it's not about loyalty. It's just some things like those rivalries are really deeper than me. Like college rivalries ain't like the NFL. <laughs> like no, Deion no, Sanders yeah. ain't gonna go coach at Miami. That that's no, that's sacrilegious. Yeah, Deion, yeah, Deion would never do that. Never, you know? ever, ever. Like that's sacrilegious. That'd be like. You think Ed Reed would take a job at Florida State? Hell no. Just stuff like no, that. You. Like it's it's just some things that aren't. Now speaking of the state of Florida, I'm surprised Dan Mullen has a job right now. You know, I'm really surprised because we know he's going to get fired. It's just the fact that he didn't get fired after Saturday's abomination. Because it's one thing to get upset by an FCS team, right? But to be down 42 to 28, then to win. And yeah, they won. Okay, whatever. You win 70 to 52. You gave up 52 points to FCS Sanford. And then you got the nerve to celebrate as if you just beat Georgia in the yeah. locker room. <laughs> it, oh, and the thing, it's, it's one thing to lose to a lesser um lesser D1 school like early in the year uh, oh, the first game of the year actually OU uh, Tulane gave OU everything everything they want yeah. but Tulane is still uh, FCS school it's still Division 1 at the top level they lost to they almost lost to a D1 AA school and got 50 points put on them by D1 AA school Right. That is not okay. That is not okay at all. And then y'all dancing into the locker room as if you just beat the number one team in the country. This is not acceptable at Florida. It'd be one thing if you were at at Purdue, <laughs> you know, not to go after them. But, like, yo, this is not acceptable at the University of Florida to be dancing after beating you at FCS Sanford. No. Uh, when I was a freshman and I played on the freshman basketball team, on, in a tournament, for whatever reason, there was a B team in, in there. And we played the B team, and we scored 100 points. And uh, after the game, we were we were all hyped because, you know, we're a freshman team. We're not supposed to score 100 points. Mm-hmm. And our coach came in there and said, I don't know what y'all are smiling for. Y'all let a B team score 50 points on you. It and is. Like, Damn, coach, you have to say it. Like, but he, in hindsight, he was right. Like, I get it. We were just trying to score the hundred. We weren't worried about anything else. We knew we were gonna beat them. But like, you let someone who was much, much, much lesser than you. Like there, and that's not okay. There are some things in sports that are just like, like, like losing. It's almost as bad as losing. Like when you let a team that is supposed to be like a money grab, it's supposed to be an easy W, and they come in here and give you a hard time. Like that is almost as bad as losing, because it's if like you were, if yeah. you are a ranked team, you lose rights for that. Yeah, like they will pen like 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 Cincinnati is having the hardest time right now because Tulane or not Tulane, it was Tulsa or somebody who has only got one win and kept them. It was like an eight point win, and people are giving them a hard time for that, even though they won. Like it's 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 just things like that that are, it's like bro. You might as well have lost to him. <laughs> Honestly, 
and mm. just gave your opponent credit. But to pull that out, when you pull out a win like that, that just shows, okay, you had the talent and you had the ability to do it all along, but for whatever reason, you chose not to. Right. You know? But... I guess to move on, because it we're gonna we're gonna get to the Big Twelve later. I got a special thing for them later. But the NFL, the last couple weeks in the NFL have proven why it's the best league. You know, the the parody that people think is in college football is clearly in the NFL. Because the last two weeks have been full of upsets, like astronomical upsets. I'm talking like teams that you thought were like runaway contenders are just getting dusted by the likes of Jacksonville and Washington. <laughs> you know, and like last week, obviously, you know, the Josh Allen game, Jacksonville stuns Buffalo and, and beats them. You oh, know, Denver me over in fantasy. Denver put a candle whoop ass on Dallas. Like we were we were seeing these games last week and we thought, OK, whatever. That was last week. It comes again this week. The Washington football team. Shout out to my home team. I'm convinced it's the only game they cared about all year. This is the reason they started off so slow, because this was the game they was all looking ahead to, was this rematch of the playoffs against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, because everybody was talking about how they had Tom Brady on the ropes and all this stuff, and this was the game that everybody was looking ahead to, and they just stumbled out of the gate because they were all looking to this game, and we see why now. We, we see why, but unfortunately, y'all had to sacrifice Chase Young to do it. it Man, yeah, but this was—it was such a disappointing season for Chase, man. Like, just even with the way it ends, it's just still just in, is like a representation of the year he's had. Like, he just—it it wasn't his year this year. Like, you want to talk about a sophomore slump? Like, I don't think it gets worse than this. Because even RG three, you know, like this is reminiscent of his second year and what happened with him now you hope i think chase will come back bigger and better and year three is going to be a big year it's going to be a money yes, year for him. year three is where you make or break yourself as a player but luckily for him at the d-line position it is pretty you can chalk a lot down to effort Mm-hmm. Effort is he's already a better athlete than probably 80% of the people on the field. Like, if Chase Young wanted to drop back and be an outside backer, he absolutely could. Yeah, he got the speed he for it. He's just rather, he'd just rather say, I don't want to cover anybody, not about my hand up there. So, when it comes to the DM position, it, it ultimately is going to come down to effort. And you can sprinkle a little bit of technique in there. But because he's a freak athlete, that doesn't matter as much. I think we all know he'll bounce back. But, you know, year two is always so different from year one. They got film on you now. You're not a surprise to anyone. They kind of hone in on your signature moves, what you do and what you don't like to do. And, and look, especially you the left. when you win defensive look. rookie of the year, people are going to be gunning for you. Yeah, and you go against the best lineman on the team. Like, left tackles, even the worst left tackle in the game is still probably better than the best right tackle and the best guards in the game, period. Yeah. It's just a necessity at this point because of the way the game has changed. You know, we have Lawrence Taylor to thank for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was the and first Sandra one. Bullock. And Sandra Bullock. You know, but yeah, it was just a lot going on. I mean, 
that was one upset. Then we have Lamar and the Ravens. I don't know what the hell happened on Thursday. I guess it's a short week. I don't know what. But to lose to Miami, bro. We'll just chalk that up to a great defensive game plan and a a short week in the NFL. It's hard. Every every team gets gets just a straight-up ass-whooping once or twice a year. Yeah. And it's the NFL. People win games they're not supposed to. Yeah, and you know what? It's still better for it to happen in week seven opposed to week 17. Right, because week 17, that's like, yeah, you're supposed to be fine-tuned into the playoffs and stuff. Yeah, you never want to limp into the playoffs. Right. Now, it's continued. There there have been some other just ridiculous games. Probably the, the, just the most ridiculous game of the weekend. The Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers were just out here trying to figure out just who could outstupid the other. Like, it it was Detroit can't win for losing. They can't lose for winning. Like, they, they they've gone two consecutive weeks now without losing a game, but they ain't won either. One was a tie, and the other one was um, a bye week. So, so it was like, yeah. they haven't lost a game in two weeks. I don't I don't understand why ties are a thing in football. Yeah. Why? Like, for soccer, I get that because it's for tournament purposes. But in football, after two overtimes, if we don't want to play no more, bro, can we can we just not kick field goals? Can we just not line up? All right, here's 40. Here's 45. Here's 50. Okay, 52. 54. Why can't we just do that? I feel like that's a much better thing than just having time. And I think it's an NFL thing because in college, they will go as many overtimes as it takes. Like we just had a nine overtime game earlier this year and these exactly. dudes don't even really get paid like that. What is going on in the NFL? We we will. And if anything, if you don't want to do the field goal thing, let's go to the college room after after uh, two overtimes. You got to do two right. point conversions. We got uh we got a drive from the hell well, it's the NFL let's make it a little shorter drive from the fifty uh you get a drive from the fifty if you score and it's just first one to score after at this because ain't no two possessions nothing y'all had two full overtime first pretty one much. to score wins there we go sudden death pretty much pretty much but that's what that is but. Yeah, NFL is crazy. At this point, this year has been so wide open. Like, there really is not... Most years, you kind of have a definitive one or two teams. Like, oh, these are the ones that we probably figure are going to go all the way. This year, it's so many teams, especially in the NFC. It is so many teams with one or two losses that it's like you really don't know. Unless you... you whatever pick you made at the beginning of the year, you kind of just got to stick with it. Because you can't really definitively say, oh, Green Bay is the best. Or... LA is the best or Tampa Bay or anybody. And then the AFC is just considerably weak this year. Like even the, the Chiefs have been inconsistent. Tennessee's been inconsistent and now they lost Derrick Henry. The Bills and, and Julio's on IR. The and Bills Julio's are, on IR. Like, the Bills are savagely inconsistent as well. Yeah. Um the Ravens, it's literally literally the Lamar Jackson show. It's him or nothing. Right. So it, it's so, just so it's no clear cut like top two teams in each conference. You're you're absolutely right. There there's nothing but parody in this entire league. And I love the it. Cowboys look the Cowboys look great, but we all know 
let Aaron Rodgers see them in the playoffs, and it's almost guaranteed they're going to lose. Right. The Rams are the best team in football on paper, but that means nothing to the actual NFL. Right. Um, they just the got Bucks, their asses whooped <laughs> against yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. The Bucks. The Bucks don't look. Uh, they don't look. They're really beat up. Great at all. So. The whole NFC is up for grabs. The AFC, like you said, is completely, completely up for grabs. Um, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been extremely inconsistent. They just got to the top of the division this week, yep. but they're only half a game at the top. Right? They're one loss. They're one loss, and one Raiders win or two Chargers wins away from being back in last place. Yep. It's just been so, it's crazy. I mean, we like it though because this this makes for a much more like fun finish especially with this extra week at it so it's going to be interesting to see how they close it out absolutely will but speaking of closing out the year is closing out with some good music and i think it's only going to get better because in december we get rick ross you know i mean because why not we got wale we got meek why not get the third member of mmg of the holy trinity of mmg (laughs) to put out his track and it's like you know rick is another one he's kind of like ross is another one where he's he's one he he comes out every couple years too like he does this thing the right way too like his albums are rarely bad like he'll put something out and then he'll wait a couple years let it simmer and then put something else ross is ross is kind of similar to jay-z to a, a point of He's not always in the public eye, but he's really good with business to the point you almost forget that music is his business because he he obviously he's the boss of MMG. He runs Maybach Music. He has all these endorsements like uh, Wingstop coming to him. Yeah, he's got his franchise. He owns a bunch of Wingstop. Now they're doing the whole thigh thing because of the wing shortage. <laughs> you know. It, it, and it, then on top of that, oh, by the way, he's not a bad rapper. I don't think he's a great rapper, but he's a really good one. He's another one that's in his lane. Like, he does that luxurious rap. Like, he's the one you got to put his rap on, drive, you know, keep quiet. Like, you, you riding home from work or you driving in the sunset, you put on some Rick. <laughs> and he listens to that luxurious. He epitomizes that Miami driving over the bridge of Waterfield. Yeah. Like that, Sun beating down on video, you. The music video with DJ Cali when they jump off the bridge, that's what it feels like. Yeah. You know, he and he um and he he has like I said, he does his lane well. Like his his beats are incredible. Like that's what I'm looking forward to the most with this album. You know, that the cover obviously is funny to me just cuz like people were just dragging the cover cuz like he looked like one of them church ushers with them white gloves on and covering his face and stuff and it just that was that was definitely an aka probate yes it was yeah you know this was a serious matter like you know but i'm i'm looking forward to it because like i said the first half of 2021 was extremely underwhelming however you want to look at it but this back half has people have been putting some heat out so i think he's just going to add to that whether it's been summer walker whether it's been wale Bruno and Anderson, I think Ross is just going to add to that. And that's going to be the perfect way to close the year out. And Ross is great with features. And that's what I'm looking forward to. 
who's gonna be on the album because it feels like ross is such a laid back and easy going rapper that any feature almost works for him that wouldn't work for everybody wale can't be featured with everybody right he he, he's not Drake Drake you go wherever Drake wants because his name is Drake everybody everyone doesn't fit in the same way that everyone just happens to fit with Wall with with Ross yeah Ross has a way of like doing that like Ross and Wale have made so many bangers Ross and Drake have made a handful of bangers Ross and Kanye gave us monster <laughs> devil in the new dress I mean Ross is and the song that I, that we that blew Ross up, you're not gonna forget Ross and T Pain. Ross and T Pain, you know, hustling with Jay Z, the remix, like <laughs> this man, mm-hmm. Khaled, like. And then when his singing features, whether it was Ben Tiana Taylor, he the they put the song out with Jasmine Sullivan for from the album this past Friday. Like Ross is just so versatile. Like I think he's what DJ Khaled thinks he is. He's absolutely what DJ Khaled thinks he is. Right, you know. But moving on, um, in the world of the world, I guess <laughs> the the obviously you know America has dealt with its legacy of racism and Jim Crow and segregation and all these things that come up on a yearly basis. Obviously, they're trying to get it kicked out of schools now, but they can't deny it. I mean, this stuff happened. I think the only one of the other places in the world that probably has something similar that came closest to what America dealt with was South Africa. You know, you had the whole apartheid thing that was going on for something like 50 or 60 years. They had apartheid in the country where blacks and whites were separate, you know, separate water fountains, separate schools, separate neighborhoods, you know, all that stuff. Through a country that they came in invaded and trying to kick the other people out right like their majority black country being ruled by minority white elitist people one of the architects of the apartheid regime has passed away this week um fw declerc died i didn't know he was still alive but he died you know he was 85 years old he just passed away this week and um yeah i first of all i didn't know he was still alive <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought he was here yeah like he and he's younger than mandela he's only 85 mandela was like 91 when he died like six years ago so and he was the guy who imprisoned mandela then they freed him and over like some negotiations made him the president when when the apartheid government fell apart like the clerk was an evil dude and then to make things worse in 2020 he said that he didn't fully believe apartheid was a crime against humanity so like he wasn't really the most remorseful 85 year old at the time that he died or like right around the year before he died so good riddance to him i don't know if you saw that news like if you did what did you think when you saw it I definitely saw it, and I knew who he was in like a general sense, but I didn't know a lot about him. Which and I still I, I did. Yeah. I did a small amount of digging. Not gonna say I did some thorough research, but I did see like he did. He was not uh, fully against apartheid, and he didn't like Mandela a whole lot. But yeah, he put him in prison. He knew his. 
he knew uh, politically, yeah, let, let, we should probably try to get him out of there. And it's starting to look bad on me. So I need to let him, if I let him out, people will forget who put him in there. And yeah, it was the other thing. He got a lot of pressure for the rest of the world too. Kind of like same thing with Southern Rhodesia, you know, with, when they before they became Zimbabwe. Like it, it was, it was like a lot of world pressure that pushed him to do it. And then I don't know if you've ever read Trevor Noah's autobiography, Born a Crime, one of the greatest books I've ever read. I've he, never read it, but I've I've heard enough of Trevor Noah speak, and I've heard seen enough of his stand up specials. I definitely know. He's an apartheid child. Him, his mom and his dad couldn't even walk on the same side of the street as each other. They had to act like they didn't know each other in yep. public. All of them. his dad wasn't in his but, life because of that, basically. And not from his lack of trying. It was just illegal. Like, like he could get killed, arrested, or killed for that. You're like, eh, that's the one valid excuse I'll give you for not being in my child's life. Right. I need out. But he, you know, his book, Born a Crime, broke down how serious apartheid was and how, like, thorough it was and why it was so successful. And the fact that South Africa has a similar way of doing things as the U.S., where they kind of are like, well, this is the past. Racism happened. Get over it and try to move on. Like, that's kind of their thing there, too. So it, it just... It's interesting. Like, South Africa's always been one of those things. I've always paid a lot of attention to the apartheid era, just like, and how much, you know, that went on in there. Because it, it was just so similar to the U.S. And we just didn't learn a whole lot in school about it other than Mandela was in prison and he got out and he became president. South, South Africa is always, always been interesting to me because the people from there are so proud to say they're South African. Right. And then I'm like... One of the best flags, too. You're white. Like, you do know you're white, right? You're white. You're like... Yeah, but I'm from South Africa. Okay, um, my homie They still Matumbo use words like there. colored. <laughs> my, my homie Matumbo over there from South Africa too, and they're like, eh, is he really? My people have been here, you know, since the 1800s. Your, your people got rid of his. What do you mean? And you know how? You know how like close apartheid like the fact that people will think apartheid was so long ago and we're not really that far removed from it elon musk who is always in the news now his father actually owned like a diamond mine or something during apartheid south africa which is how he got all his money he wasn't no self-made billionaire he inherited that I shit mean, i mean look at trevor noah trevor noah is not right trevor you know? noah might be 45 at the absolute oldest. Even to do that, that runner in the Olympics, Oscar Pistorius, who got put in prison for shooting his girlfriend, he was born in apartheid South Africa. And he's not even 40 years old yet. (laughs) Yeah. This was very, very, very recent. Yeah. You know, that's how, I mean, you know, so that's what it is. And And Mandela's successor, he's still president right now. So... Yeah, so it'd be like apartheid wasn't that. We say all that to say apartheid wasn't that far away, you know. Not at all. And same with the civil rights movement. A lot of our grandparents, like, you know, it's, it wasn't that far away. But y'all, y'all heard Robert Jebediah Freeman. He was in it with Sam Jackson. Exactly. 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 
you know. But we say all that is the perfect segue into a segment I like to call You Played Yourself, which is dedicated to all the people that should have sat down and ate their food and probably don't deserve the headlines we're about to give them. But hell, we're going to give it to them anyway. And the first one and the most obvious one and the one that just really, I was having a good laugh about this with my with my brother and my mom earlier. That racist-ass lawyer in the trial of the men who killed Ahmaud Arbery. Like, it's one thing to be a lawyer, a defense lawyer. You know, you're a lawyer. You're doing your job defending your clients. But I mean, to just go full dog whistling. I'm not, you're not even whistling at a dog no more. You flat out barking at him. Rough, rough yeah. nigga. Like, oh, we don't want, we don't want any black pastors in here. Oh, then you tried to block Jesse Jackson on Monday. You tried to block Jesse Jackson from coming into court saying, how many black pastors does this family have? Just say nigger. <laughs> just I say mean, nigger. When you, well, first of all, that's that's like saying Beetlejuice. If you say black pastor three times, Jesse Jackson pops up. Right. Like you... With Al Sharpton next know, to him. And like, that, that's the thing that racism will, will do. There are a lot of really, really smart, really intelligent people out there. But racism always pops out. No matter what you do, it's going to find a way out because you don't realize it because it's so deep embedded in you that bro, you're a lawyer. There's no lawyer out there who's a dumb human being. You you literally can't. Well, except Ted Cruz. Ted, 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 Ted Cruz. That's a deep that's a deep rabbit hole you're wanting to get through. I don't know how the hell you're a U.S. senator and you're not even American. That's a different story for a different day. Right. But there are very, there are very few lawyers out there who are not intelligent people. And I know this lawyer is an intelligent person because he's climbed his way up or whatever to a very high level of law. But that racism still peaks out. Mm-hmm. It still peaks out. It makes you say stupid things. He's still a good old boy. You got a guy like that. You got a guy like Jesse Jackson, who loves the spotlight, who loves coming in and screwing stuff up. You said his name three times, and he pops up like Beetlejuice. Exactly, exactly. And I think, yeah, that that's the other thing. Racism is so ingrained in American society that even people that may not actually be racist just do racist shit. <laughs> like, they, they, like, there are plenty of white folks who are probably not racist, but they just unconsciously do racist stuff. You know, because racism is just so ingrained. And you ever see some racism that's just so ignorant? It's funny. This is a case yes. of that. A lot of it is hilarious. It's just be it hilarious. Is. It's like you can't even help yourself but to say some stupid stuff like this. And so, some of it I can't even be mad at because it's funny. And some of it is just like you you literally just don't know any better. So you think that. Like racism been doing a number on these white men lately. Like, I mean, the NBA, you got the owner of the Phoenix Suns telling people, Nick, these niggas need a nigga. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like racism so, just be so ignorant sometimes it's funny. <laughs> and, and some of it be really good intention. Like the the I know the owner of the Suns has walked up to Amari Stoudemire back in the day and said, "What's up, my nigga?" Like, like Vince McMahon out here. What up, my nigga? <laughs> like, yeah. Now Vince, Vince, Vince is an asshole. We, Vince we all is not seeing heaven. He's not. But the <laughs> owner of the Suns, he's not a bad. Dude. He just does stupid things that he does not understand. Why can Draymond Green say nigga and I can't? <laughs> Why are you even because asking Draymond, that question? 
because Draymond's name is Draymond. Yeah, you don't know no white people named Draymond, do you? And if you do, I, I dare you to lie to me and say you do too. You go to your board you meetings. Know. You ever met anybody named Draymond who looked like you? I dare you to you, say yes. Like, if I see a white person named Draymond, I'm going to apologize to them and say, "Why did your parents not like you?" Right. Really, I'm, I, you, I might do some reverse racism at that point. What did your What did you do to your mother during her pregnancy for her to agree to name you Draymond? If I see a white man named Draymond, I'm gonna do reverse racism and I'm gonna clutch my purse because obviously he's not to be fucked with. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever meet a white Jamal, I'm like, nah. Well, no, there are a I'm handful good. of white Jamals, though. That's different. And and their parents don't like them. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Jamal is a, in this part of the world, Jamal is a Negro name. In, in the Middle East, it is a Middle Eastern name. That's where it comes from. So they get a pass because they invented it. Hamal. But also, <laughs> uh, but again, there are no white people in that part of the world. Right. Regardless of what, regardless of what they try to tell you, Jesus did not have blonde hair and blue eyes. There's no way. Look at him map. Look where he was born. You see your your homie Muhammad who runs the local Seven Eleven. He looks like him. Not me. Not me. Yeah, exactly. He, he more than likely looks like him. Point. So if you, if there's a white Jamal, something is wrong. Your parents did not like you. If you are with and you are named Jamal, go talk to your parents. That's why they don't love you. Right. Right. And speaking of Jesus, the Big 12 needs him badly right now because they have played themselves. The entire Big 12, the most powerful members of the Big 12 have for the every week they just seem to just wet the bed. I'm just like, bro, what is going on? This is not what we signed up for. See, first, I'm going to get to Texas in a second. We're going to get to them in a second. Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley then developed this reputation as a quarterback whisperer, and because he got three consecutive, well, no, two Heisman winners and one Heisman finalist, all three of them were first round draft. Well, two of them were first round draft picks, and the, and the second one was like he he he's in the NFL now, and he turned him into a competent looking quarterback. Whatever he got this reputation, yet somehow you got one of the most overrated quarterback prospects probably in years, in Spencer Rattler. He was a bum. Caleb Williams is a freshman, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt against Baylor. But you do not lose that game. You can't lose that game at this stretch when you're trying to get a playoff spot. You're already had a considerably weak schedule. To lose the one game that you play against a somewhat ranked team. I mean, yeah, they're in like the top 15, but it's like it's Baylor. It's still Baylor. You cannot lose that game. Now, I, I give OU some slack because Baylor's not a bad team. Yeah, they're not, but the committee is not and, going to give you slack for losing to Baylor. Oh, they're, they're absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like you said, Caleb Williams is a freshman. At some point, he was going to have a game like a freshman. Yeah, he we, was. No freshman is immune to that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had his game as a freshman. Tua had his game as a freshman. Jalen Hurts had his game as a freshman. Mm-hmm. That game happened to be in the national championship. But it was still his freshman game nonetheless. And you know what? It's fine for them. They were, go- they were going to have that game, but you're right. They cannot lose that game at this point in the season. And honestly, it definitely cost them a playoff spot. Because the- we, as we know, this committee is not a, a sacred committee. They are not perfect. 
and they have obvious biases. Oklahoma can can win the Big 12 and win out, but a two-loss Bama team will be putting that fourth spot over them. Yeah, like I just see it. You know, that's what we got. It's just it sucks for them, you know, because I think that's the only real threat they have on their schedule. It's like up to that point and remaining. Like their schedule is just not conducive to to turning too many people in their favor. No, they played the top half of the Big Twelve, and now they're they're back into the schedules, the bottom half of the Big Twelve. Yeah, pretty much. You know, now. On the other side of this coin, we have the University of Texas, and the last couple weeks have just not been kind to them, but I'm going to say this the most respectful way I know how. Please don't say this disrespectfully as possible. The only time that the University of Texas should ever, ever give up 56 points to the University of Kansas... Is on the grit is on the hardwood. Yep. In the field house. There is no reason, first of all, to even give up 50 points to Kansas. Secondly, to lose at home to Kansas? Bruh. Everybody getting cut. Scholarships, I'm I'm cutting everybody's cut. Lights getting cut off, deals get I would cut everything. You would call me Michael Myers. I would just be, I mean, not Michael Myers. You would be calling me Jason. I would just, just cutting everything. See, I like what you said there. You ain't go deep enough. You, you, you're not, you're, you're not an avid Texas fan, so you might not understand the implications of what just happened. No, I do. Texas has not lost five games in a row since 1956. Let me tell you the things that have happened since the last time we've lost five games in a row. Brown versus Board of Education? We We let niggers in the school. (laughs) I I was on another one of my friends' podcasts to talk about this very thing. Oh, my Lord. And... I told them both to make the joke and make them a little uncomfortable because I do that time to time. I wouldn't, I wasn't even allowed to be with y'all and talk about this in public the last time Texas lost five in a row because of segregation. Fidel Castro was not the ruler of Cuba yet. (laughs) We fought three wars. (laughs) We've been, we have fought and lost the war on terror and drugs twice by then. Hank Aaron was not the home run king yet. No. I think Babe Ruth was still alive. Like, you could walk through the turnpike. You didn't have to go through security at the airport. (laughs) Wait. Michael Jackson was still black. Martin Luther King was still breathing. <laughs> so like, when you just, said, we could keep going. Like it when just, you said cut, cut is not enough. For one, I want Coach Sark fired. I want him fired. Yeah, it was a fireable offense when Charlie Strong did it. Coach Sark, 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 whatever his name is, he's got to go. Charlie Strong bought himself an extra year. Why? Because he beat, beat Oklahoma. It's crazy. Charlie Strong beat Oklahoma, but Char- Tom Herman couldn't. 
And now Sarkeesian fumbled that game away. Tom Herman screwed himself over. I feel no sympathy for him. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, either. I, I want Coach fired. I want him set adrift. I want him on a piece of floating plywood, put him in the port of Galveston, and just push him off. And say, I don't care where you go, but you're gonna find some land somewhere. Take his ass. You can take him back up to USC. Well, no, they won't bring him back. Not after the way he got fired. Uh, <laughs> and I want, and when I tell you, I want every player cut. I want scholarships taken, and I don't care where they're from. They have to take a two-star Uber back. They Just go back where you came from. <laughs> I, I know this doesn't mean anything to you because you're not from that area. I don't want to see a single player on this roster ever again from Austin Lake Travis or Austin Westlake because those are two prominent white suburban very rich schools of the area that produce talent I'm tired of it all these privileged white kids get on this team and they're soft they 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 don't know how to handle adversity Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should say this on your show you can believe this out later if you want but you know what we need to start recruiting kids who don't know their names we need to start recruiting kids with chicks on their shoulder who are mad at the world because they don't know who popping is. That's what I need. I need kids who want to Lights are going to get cut off if they don't run for 100 yards. I need kids who don't drink milk or eat cereal because dad never came back with milk. Drinking water that's out of I hoses. <laughs> like, that's, that's we got to be Nick careful. That's what Nick does. Yeah, he Nick does. Saban goes to the hood of hoods, the ghetto of ghettos, having these kids can't read past fourth grade level and says, if you come with me, I can get you to the NFL. I can't guarantee you'll be a star. I can't guarantee you'll stay there, but I can guarantee you'll be on the roster for at least a year. Right. You can't read a book, but as long as you can read the defense, we're good. Hey, read the, de- read the defense is easy. You see where that guy isn't? Run there. Mm-hmm. We we can re- we can we can simplify a playbook for you. We can't simplify math. Right. I can tell you, hey, run that direction right. every time. Exactly. If that guy's standing there, run opposite. Right. Retweets don't equal endorsements. Just in case anybody finds this episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, because I because so te- of where I work so, now. <laughs> yes. So um, in between um. In between us moving to the SEC, I would like everyone to know that Texas has now been demoted to Conference USA. So um, they will be playing the University of North Texas for the first game of the year and trying to beat out FIU for a Conference USA championship. And when they get to the SEC, they will be demoted to the East because obviously they will get eaten alive in the West. At this this rate. At this rate. At this point, it's pitiful. And I don't know. How many people need to be fired? But enough. Enough. Pretty much. Fire the boosters, because obviously they're not paying enough money. <clears throat> anyway. <Yes. laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to that. But from the negativity of the Big 12, we're going to turn to the positivity of the rest of the world, because we like to call this segment Well Played, because in the world of, posit- in the world of negativity, who doesn't like a little positive light, you know? And... First of all, I got to give a shout out to the Washington Wizards and the Chicago Bulls who have been dormant for years. And the both of them, at least through the first part of the season, have been playing surprisingly well, especially the Wizards. I just did not expect this. 
start, even though they, you know, like to be at the top of the East, even though, yeah, yeah, sure, it's 10 games, whatever. This is a great start to the season. I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't know how long it'll last, but I'm going to enjoy it while it's going on. You know? As you should live, live in the moment because we all know basketball. Basketball's a lot less cut and dry than football is. Yeah, Very hard to win. Anybody can, anybody can beat anybody one time. But in basketball, you never just play one time. Exactly. You know, and that big overhaul, like you know, we got rid of Westbrook's contract and them Lakers that have come in here. Kyle Kuzma out here hitting game-winning shots. Montrez Harrell has been by far our best player. I've always been a Montrez fan. I actually loved that that we got him, you know. So, you know, shout out to KCP out here doing his thing. Like, just shout out to, you know, that that deal and Tommy Shepard for making that happen. Because a lot of people gave us flack for getting rid of Westbrook because of his inflated stats. And he's my guy, but I like rooting for him when he's not on my team. His, his, all his stats and stuff do not equal winning. It just, it just doesn't. Now, he gets MVPs, and he's a great individual player. Just hadn't won much. And his style of play would never lead to it. Well, we'll see. I mean, maybe the Lakers, maybe LeBron can overcome it. We'll see. We'll see. If LeBron gets Ain't looking court. good right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But moving on from the Wizards, we got to give a shout out to Britney Spears because after 13 long, disgusting, dreadful years of being under an abusive conservatorship that her father put her under and her family and them have been eaten off of her for years. She is finally free. The judge finally ended it. It was we saw this day coming when her father was cut from it. Now it's finally over. Shout out to Britney Spears. You know, just she deserves all of the good things. Yes, because she did not deserve uh, everything that happened to her was a product of the American society and the and the stress and pressure that we put on people to be perfect. It, it's the Michael Jackson syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like you, Tito didn't have the problem Michael Jackson had because he didn't have the star level talent that Michael had. And Jermaine didn't have any problems because Jermaine, though talented, was not Michael. And People don't realize the impact that Britney Spears had on not only the singing of the pop, the pop culture world of singing, mm-hmm. but pop culture in general. You know, you remember back in the day when we were kids, how Disney Channel made everybody sing, mm-hmm. no matter who you were. Yep. You know, you know Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake are the reason for that. And Gwen Stefani. Yep. Back, back in the day. They were performers at Disney World. They would literally do shows. And when they grew up and got popular, Disney did not profit off of them while they were young as much as they wanted to. So after they let those two get away, they said, uh-uh, all y'all been sing. Right. I, we can turn one of y'all into a star. One of y'all finna get there. Pretty much, pretty much. So, that... So if you don't if you don't respect Britney Spears for what she's done, respect her for that. Exactly, you know. But shout out to her, you know. Jamie Lynn counts your fucking days. <laughs> but yeah, moving on. While we're on the subject of Disney, Disney Plus dumped a lot of new releases on us. You know, it's some big stuff coming. You know, we getting another Spider-Man series. I mean, they gonna kill Uncle Ben again. 
Um, you know, Princess Tiana is getting they're writing a wrong because she was a frog for like 75% of the movie. Now we actually get a series about her in 2023, which is good because they did that. They, they, it was bad enough that they did that, but to promote her as the first black princess openly and then to do that was just and some then, dirty. Then, and then didn't let her be a princess. They just hoeing. <laughs> hoeing. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm not one of those people that makes a big deal about her being an animal for majority of the movie because bro, it's a Disney cartoon. That happens a lot. But it's the way they promoted it and didn't let it happen. Kind of like how Chris Brown was supposed to be the star of Stomp the Yard. They used died. him. They used him to sell tickets. And they get they knew who they were targeting. And then he died in the first part of the movie. Eight minutes and thirteen seconds into the movie. It was like, like yeah. why? We got the ticket sales already. <laughs> yep, and that was the same thing we they did with Princess Tiana. It's like, okay, you make her a frog because it's a Disney movie. But damn! She never got she was black for 12 minutes. Right. If that long. <laughs> you know? And then the first part I'm of the, the beginning. First part of her being black, she was poor. <laughs> the first part of her being black, she was poor, so she wasn't even a princess yet. Y'all ain't even do Cinderella like that. <laughs> you know? But you know, anyway, I mean it's supposed to be positive. So like we 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 getting that. You know, they're they're getting Hawkeyes coming out, you know, obviously you know, we got Spider-Man coming, so like, I mean, it's just a lot of good things happening at Disney. You know, a lot of good things happening over there. You're forgetting the one. You're forgetting the one. The one thing. I I know I have ostracized and say I hate all remakes and all reboots. I feel like they're an excuse to not come up with creative, new creative ideas and pander to to nostalgia. But I will say. I will be watching Proud Family. Family reboot. It looks pretty good. It looks promising. I, I'll, 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 I'll at least give it. All the voice actors are back. Uh, Tyler Pratt is still pink. Sugar Mama still sound like Sugar Mama. I, I, I can get behind this for now. Yeah, we'll see until how it goes. Pro- until proven otherwise, I can get behind this. Mm-hmm. Kyla Pratt, the run that she had from like about 01 to like 07 is like comparable only to like Lil Wayne. Like she was like the Lil Wayne of Black Hollywood. The run that she had in the, in the 2000s. It's crazy. Kyla Pratt is immortal. She's a vampire. I, I don't. She, why does she look the exact same she did on one on one? Questions that need answers. I, I, I don't know. Her, Pharrell, um, like, <laughs> just up there by themselves. I, I, I don't know where they found the, found the youth. They found it. Sure did. You know? But to move on, um, Adele has music coming out this upcoming week and she recently made an appearance on Oprah and then she was doing like a performance but the biggest and most memorable part of Adele's performance wasn't even from Adele it was a proposal a wedding proposal somehow this this black this black man this is why I root for black people so hard this 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 young black man was able to secure this platform to propose to his girlfriend you know she <laughs> it was really beautiful to look at you know that was one of my favorite things to, to see this past weekend um shout out to black love we love it over here it was it was it was entertaining to look at i'm i'm going to call bs i think it, it was completely fake and scripted but nonetheless oh, it was still funny though it was, old girl was an amazing actress she she did that thing and old dude was just like 
don't don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Don't it's screw like, it what up. Are it was, like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro. She definitely went off script. She was off script, and he was just trying to roll with it. And it was amazing. Adele played her part great. So they're industry Adele, plants, you're saying? They're industry plants? I'm saying they're industry plants, but it was well, it was well, uh, it was well done. I can't knock that. Like you said, we love black love around here. Yeah, you know, real or scripted. Love you, babe. I know you're watching. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're going to end the show with two games this week. Let's play two games. You know, I was thinking hard and long and hard about this because I saw it on. Shout out to Janae because I saw her uh, her Instagram this week and she asked the question. So she inspired this. If you had to pick, she said greatest cartoons. I'm going to pick top five. Your top five greatest cartoons. Animes count. That's not fair. Uh, I'm, I'm only... All right. If I'm you want, you don't have to include animes, but if you wanted to. I'm going to include one anime because it's so damn influential, whether you watch anime or not, or don't know. Two of them. Two of them. So your top okay. five. Is... So. And in no particular number, order. In no particular order, the two animes that you have to throw in is Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Damn, not Naruto? Naruto has... Naruto doesn't have the grasp on culture that like Pokemon Dragon Ball and, 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 Dragon and Pokemon do. Yeah. For one, Pokemon's still going on. Let, let's not forget that. It's, it's very watered down. I don't acknowledge this Pokemon anymore. <laughs> it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. And even though it was it was made for us at one time, we do have to acknowledge it's not for us anymore. Anymore, yeah. Pokemon but had it still has. But it still has a stranglehold on culture because how many people don't know what a Pikachu is? Right. You know. Even people who made fun of the anime kids like me back in the day, they, they try to say, it's weird. Why do you watch that? Do you, you know what a Pikachu is? Shut up. You watch it too. So get out of my face. So, yeah. Um, SpongeBob has to go on there. It's definitely not the same, but SpongeBob better go on there. Um... Ooh. I feel like a Disney show has to be on the has to be in the top five. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No. 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 Um. Uh, I'm throwing regular show on there. Regular show. People do not appreciate the greatness that was regular show. Yeah. Um. Does it have to be anime to be considered a cartoon? No. It could be any cartoon. Oh, the last one thrown in all that. Well that that's not a cartoon though. Ah, you're killing me. I need some recommendations. I might need a little help. I mean, I'd throw Avatar out there. I'd throw Ed, Ed and Eddie out there. I'd throw... No, I'm throwing Avatar as my fifth spot. Rick yep, and... Avatar works. Rick and Morty, Family Guy. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were considering adult cartoons. Oh, no, I wasn't. I just was helping you. 
Oh, yeah, because <laughs> if we're talking adult, if we're adding in adult cartoons, South Park is number one, first and foremost, no questions asked. I mean, I figured anime is not really for kids, per se. Yeah. Not little kids, you, at least. Like, it was targeted to teenagers, you know, but... But you know the target market they be going after. It's teenagers, time. I get it, but, like, yo, the violence in anime is, bruh, kids don't need to be... Yeah. It's, I'm here for it though, but me, if I had to throw my top five in, if we're, I'm going strictly kid cartoon. I'm not doing adult ones. Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon are in there. I mean, Pokemon's hold on the culture is clear. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is one of the greatest cartoons ever created, in my opinion. Like everything from the art to the character development to the acting, it just was all just perfect, just flawless. Flawless. Like the way they put. N- the the issues they touched, whether it was genocide, colonialism, imperialism, they 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 covered all. They 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 did everything. There there will never the be world, a better cartoon. The world building was immaculate. It was just immaculate. You feel like you're part of the world, right? And they put it together so well. Like they they left certain things untouched until certain. Like they put it together flawlessly. So Avatar is in there for me. Four. Spongebob, I guess I could put Spongebob up there. Because, you know, Spongebob is just... I mean, there's a meme for everything. Spongebob has just got so many quotables. You know? And then... My fifth one... It would have to be... Man, what would my fifth one be? I had it earlier. I would say... <laughs> um, See that that last one is kind of hard. Yeah, you want to you want to throw in some of our favorite Disney shows, but I don't. I wouldn't consider them all time greats. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. I mean, shoot, like Proud Family was was a black great. I wouldn't consider it an all time great. Great, yeah. Um, I'll throw Codename Kids next door in there. You know, another show as a child just made you feel like you belong like this was you mm-hmm. I hated my parents for the longest time because of that show <laughs> they didn't even do anything <laughs> you know? they did nothing they it's just like yeah no parents but the second game greatest line from a sports commentator that you'll never forget it doesn't just have to be one if you can't think of it um, you don't have to repeat it word for word, but just like the play that was happening. Um, the most, my favorite, my most memorable, you know, back when Texas was worth a damn. Um, I, I, I can still remember the fact that I remember all this detail should tell you how much I love this moment. Yeah, I was in fourth, I was in fourth grade. The national championship game was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. It was January. Final seconds, Vince Young against USC. Announcer says, Young steps back. He's going for the corner, and he's got it. Keith Jackson. The way I exploded when that happened, it was to the point, we wore uniforms in my elementary school. I said, fuck that uniform. I wore my Vince Young jersey that game. Right. You know, Vince Young was no one, go to Texas, man. No one, no one can tell me a thing. And... Another one. My another one of my favorite moments is when Steph Curry epitomized himself as I am one of the best in this game. 
I was how it might have been 2016. Yeah. I was not a I was not a huge Curry fan because I I don't like his shot selection. Bad shot selection is just a pet peeve of mine when it comes to basketball. I had to let that shit go when it came to Steph Curry. They were playing. They were playing OKC. The Thunder. I think everyone knows who I'm talking about now. Um, Russ hit a big shot to put them up two, one or two. It was like a tie. Somebody missed it, and he was coming down. And they had full, full opportunity to take a tie now. Steph Curry said, nah, fuck that. He took it. From drew the it up. freaking logo. The logo pulled up, and my announcer Water. Bang, bang, bang. Like, oh, my Jesus, that just happened. He really did that. He, he, he did that. In 4K. Mike Breen has had some iconic ones. That one is by far. Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. And now you can use bang to anything. Yeah. Whenever I whenever I cook something, my girlfriend likes it. Bang! It, it just worked for everything and it was such an iconic moment and when I kid you not probably the day before that like I said I was on the fence about Curry's greatness and I even told my friend if there's one guard I think can stop Curry it's Westbrook no. 24 hours later 24 hours later I'm gonna shut up now Curry changed the game after that everybody shoots from the logo now wasn't nobody doing it before I mean LeBron did a little bit but like Curry really like it's a part of offenses now. People, even if they shouldn't be, they do it now. It's crazy. And, and now you don't have a choice because guys shoot it so regularly now. Dog, if I if he shoots ten of them, he might make two. And now you know Dame got his clip now, and he be doing his. But me, I'm gonna say some of the ones that I remember. And this was more of an infamous one for me, but when Mike Tirico was covering the Eagles and the Washington at the time Redskins on Monday night when Michael Vick was a member of the Eagles, and the very first play of the game, you throw 88 yards to Deshaun Jackson, and I'm just like, that's how this night is going to go. That's how this night is going to go. I just remember thinking that. Like, that's how this night is going to go. You know? And the night went. That's how the night went. <laughs> 35 nothing after the first quarter. 45-14 at halftime. 59-14 at the end of the game. I, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's how the game went. It went like that. Damn. <laughs> you know? So, you, you got that one. Then you have... Um, Mark Jackson, I think everybody remembers when he told the world that he would knock Savannah James out the park. I, 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 I think we, I think we all remember that, and I hit her out the park. No respect. I mean, no, with all respect, I hit her out the park. He's a bold man. He's a very bold man. That's a, that's a bold man to say. For one, LeBron James is a big. And even that, if it wasn't LeBron small. James, you said you going to bang another man's wife on national television. A top 10 most famous man on the planet's wife at that. Right. All-time great line. Like, <laughs> it was just it was like, oh, bro. All, 
and you can't ever forget it because now every time you see a picture of somebody's fine mama somebody's uh good looking sister something it, it, people just put up mark jackson's photo and everybody immediately knows what you're talking about like it's just the most it's just so hilarious to me that i think, I think we we let this nba stardom and fame forget who dudes really are and where they from right we, we, we forget just because dudes can pull, make good jump shots and are on national TV every day that they look still not niggas at the end of the night. You know, it just, it just happens. And then for me, I guess one that actually like makes me feel good too, when the Nationals won the championship against Houston and uh, that final strikeout with Joe Buck. See, Joe Buck's football calls are, it depends on who you ask. But his baseball calls are up there. Like, he's got some legendary calls in baseball. It just seems to fit him better for whatever reason. You know, so, you know, when... There it is! The game is, the game is slower. You have you have more time to gather your thoughts. Yeah. It just, you know, so... That's what that was. But we've reached the end of another amazing show. I want to say thank you, Jamal, for coming on again. You know, we're making this a regular thing at this point. Pretty much. I'm, I'm waiting on my check in the mail. Yeah, we'll we'll work that out. We'll have our people. Not my people. We'll talk to your people. You your know. People will call my people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But want to thank you again. You know, y'all check out D1 Ignit University podcast on all streaming platforms. But this here has been the Play by Play Analysis podcast. I'm Devin Ashby, SK Play by Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. We gotta go. So I'm gonna see y'all when I see y'all. Deuces. Yeah.